Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off US versus China. Where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous US China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Business from Wired. Presented by Raytheon Technologies, our nearly 200,000 engineers, researchers, and people with purpose are building the future today. We're pushing the limits of known science to go deeper into space, advance aviation, and build smarter defense systems that protect all of us here at home. That's the future of aerospace and defense. Learn more at rtx.com. Work from home or work at the office? More tech employees can now choose. The hybrid workplace is Silicon Valley's latest buzzword as tech companies start giving people more options for how and when and where they get stuff done by Ariel Pardes. The office has become a state of mind. It's not a place you commute to, not for many people, not anymore, unless you count shuffling down the hallway as a commute. The morning chit-chat around the coffee carafe now takes place on Slack. The daily stand-ups are seated on Zoom, and the people who once shared desk space in modern open floor plans now work cubicled inside of their individual computer screens. For plenty of people, this has worked out pretty well. They're more productive and satisfied with their new work-from-home lives. For other people, it has been a total disaster. Poor connectivity, lack of personal space, and clamoring children have all made the home office hell. So as companies think about the future, they're tasked with decisions regarding keeping the happy work at homes where they are, bringing the office forever people back, and managing the new expectations of people who want more flexibility about when, where, and how they work. Out of this, a compromise has emerged, the hybrid workplace. In the hybrid workplace, some people have a permanent desk at the office, just as before, while others video conference in. Some people work from home several days of the week and commute for the rest, maybe desk hoteling when they do. Some people keep to the 9 to 5, others make their own hours. It's a model of flexibility, adaptability, and shared ownership between employers and employees says George Penn, a VP at Gartner, which has conducted extensive market research on remote work this year. Of course, Penn says that's the fairly idealistic definition. When you break down those components, what does flexibility mean? There's room for interpretation. Even the term hybrid work has various interpretations. It's also been used to describe workplaces with more automation or ones with more contractors. 
Granted, this model only really works for knowledge workers or the subset of work that involves things like typing, designing, and coding. Even still, the shift toward location-flexible work is significant. In its research, Gartner has found that while plenty of jobs were remote viable before the pandemic, only about 30% of people in those jobs ever worked remotely. Now, about 48% of people in those jobs expect they'll work remotely post-pandemic, some or all of the time. And that number is creeping up, says Penn, as more companies give people the option to continue working where they like. I think organizations are starting to recognize that hybrid environments are not just about sustaining performance, but actually improving performance, he says, which means managers are likely to be more supportive in the long term. The model has taken off, in particular among tech companies. Microsoft is now a hybrid company, where employees can work remotely half the time and still keep a desk in the office, or give up the desk and work remotely forever. Twitter and Reddit now allow employees to work remotely indefinitely, but they will maintain their respective headquarters in San Francisco for employees who wish to return to the office. Google has also moved toward a hybrid model, extending the remote work option this year while simultaneously building more office hubs around the country and proposing new construction in Mountain View, California, where the company is headquartered. We firmly believe that in person, being together, having a sense of community is super important when you have to solve hard problems and create something new, so we don't see that changing. But we do think we need to create more flexibility and more hybrid models. CEO Sundar Pichai said at a recent event, one internal survey of Google employees from July found that the majority, 62%, wanted to be in the office some days. That number had crept up from 53% in May. Facebook, which gave employees $2,000 stipends to kit out their home offices earlier this year, has also fashioned itself into a hybrid company. It expects that half of its employees will work remotely in the next 5 to 10 years, but office space is still critical for the other half. The company has even expanded its footprint. This fall, Facebook bid on REI's brand-new 400,000-square-foot corporate campus in Bellevue near Seattle. REI, which laid off hundreds of corporate employees in the spring, decided it would sell the headquarters to go remote first. In the hybrid model, companies seem to be selling a corporate vision of having it all. You can have the office with the fancy ergonomic chairs, or you can have a stipend to buy one for your house. You can come here for your meetings and see teams in person or you can take them at home with Zoom. You can even take a little from column A, a little from column B. Based on Gartner's research, Penn says there doesn't seem to be a huge difference between satisfaction among people who are always remote and sometimes are remote, but the option to choose where to work does seem to have an impact. Things like productivity and work-life balance generally improve when employees have the option to decide. Still, the promise of flexibility comes with some fine print. Consider workplace surveillance. Back in April, less than half of organizations were tracking productivity, says Penn. As of August, that has jumped up to over 70%. Before, managers may have kept an eye on when people came and went from the office, not exactly a scientific measure. Remote work isn't necessarily better. Mostly, Penn says, companies are tracking metrics like virtual clocking in and out, outlook and calendar usage, or time spent online. Now, with the pressure to always appear online, some employees are working much longer hours or wasting time on performative productivity. Things like excessively chatting on Slack or setting up useless meetings just to show that they're there. The model could also disadvantage employees on teams that are mostly in the office or mostly remote, or people who want to keep different hours from the rest of their team. 
hybrid remote work perpetuates two very different employee experiences, and that can affect things like equity, inclusion, and belonging, or even career trajectory, says Melanie Collins, the VP of People at Dropbox. Earlier this year, Dropbox found that its European employees who had previously been the outliers on the Zoom screen finally felt on equal footing with the Californians because everyone was on the screen. That was a surprising upside of everyone working remotely. Our teams in Europe have expressed how Zoom has been a great equalizer for them, says Collins. No one's left out of the conversation. Last month, Dropbox announced that it would become a virtual first company. The company plans to turn its offices into a series of meeting spaces where teams can occasionally come together in person. Otherwise, and for the majority of the time, employees will work remotely. It will also provide a stipend for co-working spaces like WeWork for employees who prefer to leave the house. The change is significant. Before the pandemic, only 3% of Dropbox's 2,300 employees worked remotely. Collins believes that the future of work has less to do with where it's done and more to do with when it's done. Many things that were broken before feel even more broken now, she says. We're working longer hours, we have back-to-back meetings, and they're all on Zoom, and that's exhausting. To fix that, Dropbox is also moving toward a model where employees come together for meetings and the like during core collaboration hours, a four-hour window of time each day, and otherwise control their own time. That doesn't mean our workdays are shortening, says Collins. We just want this to result in a non-linear workday. Other companies seem to think giving up on the office is premature or even a mistake. Box, one of Dropbox's competitors, has decided to go for the hybrid model. For the most part, people want to have that flexibility, says Aaron Levy, Box's CEO. They don't want to have polarized approaches, all remote and all distributed, or everybody's going to go back to how things were. Levy says that while remote work might suit seasoned employees, it can be disorienting for new hires who are trying to get to know their teammates and understand company culture. Box recently surveyed a class of new hires which, for now, is working 100% remotely to ask about their preferences for an office. Unanimously, Levy says, people wanted the option to come into an office. It's not hard to see why that option appeals, especially with so much uncertainty looming in the future. Even people who want to get back into an office aren't even sure yet what the office will look like. Will their desks be exactly as they were, preserved under a layer of dust like a corporate Pompeii? Or will everything look different, the desks double-spaced and immured in plexiglass? The hybrid model accounts for some of that uncertainty, and for now, no one has to make any real commitments about what their personal future of work should look like. One thing that is certain As companies in the tech world adopt the hybrid model, other industries are sure to follow. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com slash business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.